You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm up here in Michigan. Promised you I'd make it here. I did. Flew in on a little plane last night. My friend and her mom picked me up at the airport. We drove 30 minutes. And now we're in a cute, secluded, uh, beautiful stretch of beach with all these houses facing the lakefront. Um, just like miles of like the b- most beautiful houses that are different bright colors with cool stonework and little, you know, water fountains in the front, perfectly crisp green yards. Like there is no problems up here. You forget anything happens. Like when you're up here, I understand why people vacation. In the times that I have vacation, you truly, I forget about the news. I haven't checked my phone. Like nothing's going to get us up here. If the country were ups into civil war, it would take them a while. It would take a minute to get up here. So we're safe up in the very tip of the mitten, which is my least favorite part of a mitten is like the tip because it's like cottony and it just like, like when people bite their mittens to take them off, like if you had some like wool mittens and you bit the tip to like pull them off your fingers, I, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me picturing you doing that. And if anyone else has the same phobias as me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm in that part of the glove that you bite if you're a psychopath to take them off. And um, there's a conversation with my friend Hala that I had on the street when we were walking down the street in front of all these beautiful houses. I have my microphone out, which I, I don't have. I do have two mics, but it was too much equipment to bring on our walk because we needed to get out to broadcast. So I use it as like I talk and then I put the microphone in her face. She talks. So if the audio is a little wonky, I do apologize for that. We eventually sit down and have a nice conversation. And it's meandering. I'm just going to prepare you. It's two friends kind of just talking in circles. But we stumble upon some good stuff. So that'll be the second half of the show. I'm just up in one of the bedrooms um, after a long day of really doing nothing. I woke up, had breakfast on the front porch, alone, meditated, meditated in bed, meditated, meditated in bed, had some breakfast. Um, then what did I do? I feel like we went to the store. Yeah. No, we went to go get sandwiches, then coffee. Then we went to the store. By the way, this place in town that's selling sandwiches, cash only. Because I wanted to buy the same fam- They ordered sandwiches. We went to pick them up. And I was like, I'll, I'll pay for them. Because Holla, my friend's like, Mom, I need money. It's like we're teenagers again. And I go, I'll get them. She's like, I think they only take cash. And I'm like, not in this climate. Anyone who's cash only, give me a break. Switch over. Figure out a way to make it work. And we get there. And of course, they're cash only. And I go... You know, it's a kid that's working the little to-go stand out in the parking lot. And I go, are you serious? Cash only? He goes, we've just always done it that way. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh, you've always just done it that way. Okay. Oh, because I have always just not worn a mask inside too. So is that the way I should live my life now? I've just always like done it that way. It's like everyone's doing things differently. Adjust, right? I don't know why I need to get an attitude with the kid. I made some mention about like, Oh, you don't have to claim it. You can hide money in your taxes if you do it cash only. I made some snide remark that, I mean, I don't know what I was hoping that maybe his dad owns the place and he'll tell his dad and his dad will just be like, whoa, those fucking liberals and they're wanting to use Venmo or, you know, the card app. What is that? The fucking Square app. Yeah. I don't know why I said it to this kid. He didn't need it. I didn't get an attitude really, but I know some of you are going to be like, Nikki, all we do. I've been getting a lot of DMs that all I do is complain on here. You try to just do a solo podcast and I don't and I don't mean that as a th- threat like it's I'm going to try to stay more positive. 
And then there's some of you that are writing me and you're like, you're perfect as you are. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Who cares? We're all just in this together. I'm. There's no agenda here. There's no right way to do this. I'm talking into a microphone in a cabin in the Upper Peninsula. I have no news to report. I have, um, I have comedy to share, hopefully, but that's not ever guaranteed. I have some introspection, maybe. And I have things to bitch about. Yeah, does Nikki need a husband? Probably. That's what me and my friend get into later on. Um, so many of my motives, I think, are shaped around finding a person, even though I'm not really that open to it when I think about it. I did pull up on Zillow what it would cost for me to buy a place up here because I honestly want, I just want a place up here to escape to. I want to be a part of this community where I feel safe. And I really was looking to maybe, maybe I would meet a um, a husband up here of someone who is inheriting a house that's already gigantic and it's already furnished. Like I don't have to go in and furnish it and like design stuff and like pick out sconces and bullshit like that. But seriously, why I would just like to expedite it and not buy it myself is because I don't want to have to like make decisions. I cannot make decisions, as I told you guys with the car issue. So the places aren't, I thought they were like $14 million. I mean, these places look like castles to me. It looks like Hyannisport. It looks like the Kennedys would vacation up here. That's how nice it is. I mean, we get into it and describe it for you in detail on the back end of this podcast. But I'm looking at the listings on Zillow and I mean, it's not crazy. It could be done. I just need to work a little bit harder and I could, oh, these places aren't winterized. What happens up here in the winter? It just must be like a free for all, man. No one's up here. That's what I just keep picturing is how sad this place is in the winter. I don't know why I always have to think of the saddest thing. Like I was looking at this like shrubbery. So there's a fountain in the neighbor's front yard and it's like the shape of a dog and it's peeing into, it's like a, it looks like a you know what Edward Scissors hands type animal made out of a bush and it's a dog lifting its leg and from underneath the dog is a spigot which sounds like a racial slur but it isn't um there's a spigot that is pouring water into a little basin like a well and it looks like the dog's peeing it's cute but all I could think about when I saw that this morning is that is there's snow around that at some point in the year and that dog is so lonely and it's just like this decorative dog on the front yard and no one's appreciating it and it just has to be stand there and it's not real Nikki I don't even think it's real shrubbery I think it's just like a made to look like it's real but I was just thinking about how sad that dog is I often think about dogs being sad and now they're dogs that aren't even real dogs like the other night I was watching When Harry Met Sally and there was a dog barking and Luigi, was sit- my dog, was sitting on my lap and like heard the dog and got excited. And I literally said to Luigi, don't worry, it's it's dead. That dog is dead now, wherever it is, because it definitely is. That movie was made over 25 years ago. I mean, that dog is long gone, as are its puppies at this point. Let's just be crystal clear on that. Later on in the day, I made Holla go walk with me to do a Taylor Swift uh, recreation of her folklore art for the album she stood in a bunch of trees and she had like a trench coat and so we just got back from doing that she took pictures of me in the woods I really again I hate I don't want to post pictures of myself anymore online I I think I might be over it I don't know what to do because there's nothing else you can do I just don't I it feels so self-serving I was looking at my Instagram last night and I know that maybe I'm just overthinking it how can you just like, there's just countless pictures of girls posing, looking cute. And it's going on too long. When are we going to tire of just standing and looking cute and being like, look at how great my life is. It's just endless. It's all it is. It's just, 
there are people that don't have Instagram and aren't flooded with these images of other people just like always looking cute. I was looking cute earlier on the porch before we went to this photo shoot. Like the sun was perfect. I'm wearing this adorable robe. I had put on a little makeup so we could do this photo shoot. And by little makeup, I just mean like BB cream, which if you don't know what that is, it's it's like a serum and it's supposed to be like good for your skin, but it has, it's fully pigmented. So it covers up all your flaws and girls can convince themselves they're wearing serums or BB creams, but we know it's foundation. Um, so I had on that and I looked so cute, but I couldn't ask someone to take my picture. It was too humiliating. Now, if I was with Andrew or Anya or one of my like other friends that are in the business, it would make sense. But I can't ask my friend Hala or, and have her family witness me be like, can you get a cute picture of me? Cause I have on my white sneakers and this adorable robe and the lighting's good. Like it's just too humiliating. So I let the moment pass. And instead I made my friend go out in the woods and do it uh, alone. And, um, and we just have to tell our fa- family about it later and confess. Um, next up on the podcast is me and my friend talking about dissecting what it's like being down here. And, uh, I hope you enjoy it. But like I said, might be a little rambly, might be a little friend on friend action. Bear with me. I'm on vacation. I'm still putting out a podcast. So, uh, I hope you enjoy it though. I think there's some good funny nuggets. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to nap or, uh, I mean, I don't know what my plan is for the rest of the day. That's the greatest thing about being on vacation is there's no plans, but it's also the worst thing because I need I need structure sometimes. I just want the store structure to come back. It was a very great a great clothing place for men to shop in the mid-early 2000s, mid-2000s structure. It was the expressive for men. I mean, it was owned by Express, I believe. Um, and that's what I meant by when I said I need structure. There's no TV up here either. And you feel guilty just peeling off and like watching something on your phone. Not that I would even do that anyway because there's no more love on the spectrum. Thus, there's nothing more for me to watch on TV. Um, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'll have more to report. But stay tuned for a conversation with my friend Hala as we're walking down her um, neighborhood way and just talking about everything around us. And I think throughout the week, if we have more conversations together, they're going to get more and more weird and wild and have more fun stories. Enjoy it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I don't know if this is it's starting right now or this is the second half. I just don't know yet. Sometimes I tape these segments and I don't know where I'm going to put them. But um, I am walking down the block in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula in a quiet, like very rich. I don't know how else to say it. It's very rich up here. How do you describe it? Quaint, beautiful, preppy, like without being like rude to rich people. How do I talk about this town without offending rich people by saying it's just a bunch of rich white people? Uh, people need to know what they are. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously being facetious when I say I'm going to offend rich white people, but it truly does feel like I'm trying to f- find another way to describe it. And I keep saying waspy, even though I don't know what that means, because I grew up not knowing what that meant. I just thought it was yeah. like, uh, I hate to make an a insect joke here, but I tended to think of wasps as only one thing until later on. And it's white, Ang- whatever, white Anglo-Saxon saxophonist, yeah. saxophonist and Protestant. Yeah. I um I thought it I thought it was racist or like a not well I thought it was like a Jewish term. 
I did too. I thought it had something like anti-Semitic about it, but yeah. it's not, right? White Anglo-Saxon is not Jewish, but this place is... Are we so ignorant? That's where I'm yeah. not even kidding you. As soon as I said I don't know what waspy is, it felt the same way as like, I didn't grow up knowing any bad stereotypes about Jewish people. Like I didn't know, no. I didn't, I knew that the Holocaust happened. I've talked about this on my podcast before. I was very ignorant in St. Louis. We didn't grow up around a lot of Jewish people. So we didn't learn to like, we, we weren't talking shit about them. I didn't know any, like, no. I didn't know it was, I didn't know there was so much anti-Semitism. I like, I learned. No, in this place, um, I'd call it bougie. Like this is, I'd call it bougie. Like, but bougie to me, I never even knew that word either. I think it's because we lived in it. I'm saying an adult, I'm saying like as an adult, that's what I would call this place. I don't, as a kid, it meant nothing to me because like I grew up coming here. I didn't, I knew it was whatever the word is that I called it when I was a kid, but I didn't feel like I fit in then. I don't feel like I fit in now. Wait, you didn't feel like you fit in here as a kid? By the way, we're walking by a Mercedes, like, what is that kind of car? I don't even know. But that's the kind of car I want. And it's, no, I mean, you wanted, a, you wanted that Audi we saw this morning. Also, yeah, an Audi wagon. I'll introduce myself. Wait, did you introduce me? Um, No, not yet. But um, that's a really good point. I'm walking down the street with my friend Hala, who I assume I'm going to set up in the first part of this so everyone knows what we're getting into here. No, no, no. But you're right. I didn't set you up. This is Hala. She's my friend who I'm visiting um, in Michigan. I came here. I think two or three summers in a row from ninth grade until 11th grade and it's uh it's just a beautiful part of Michigan it is like just feels like the Truman show in terms of perfection yeah. you just there's nothing out of place I, I was we were driving around this morning and no offense to this town you guys need a serial killer something needs to spice this town up because it is like two everyone's leaving their bikes on the lawn like they're not gonna get stolen someone needs to come up here and steal some goddamn bikes I'm just kidding don't really do that but like something needs to rock this town no one locks their bikes up they're just like yeah bikers are calling car to other bikers everyone waves on the sidewalks everyone's so friendly and then there are like cocktail parties at night it's just this is like summer some people get what it is yeah but i, I feel like everyone around here is in denial of how protected and perfect and i don't know i feel really we look weird right now not only do i have a microphone and i'm walking down the street interviewing you like an on the beat reporter in the 1950s trying to get find out about the I can't say the name of the town, the Petoskey, uh, you know, stabber, night stabber, which is what I think this town needs. Um, but uh, I, it's not, we're not in Petoskey, by the way. What? Oh, but we're walking down the street in this really nice neighborhood where like people are just walking by in Lululemon with their dogs and like everyone looks tan and perfect and like fit and just just top of the morning and everyone's just so perfect and Hall and I are wearing these long robes that are like we look uh, we look great we look like new we're at a new Mexican spa yeah that's a good idea I mean I have to tell you something. I was taking a nap before this and I took off my wet suit bottoms that were underneath my robe. And so now I'm just walking like naked and it's just going to, the wind's going to blow. We're going to have a good story to tell everyone. I you're wearing nothing under your, we're walking around in bathrobes around this community and they're matching and they're really multicolored striped uh, bathrobes. And we look like insane and people don't do things here to draw the, draw the eye. No. Everyone's trying to fit in. Yes, that's true. Yeah, everyone's wearing like light pastels. We have on these bright bathrobes. Anyway. Well, we went to the dog park before and you and your husband have tattoos all over your body. And I felt like it made you stand out. And people were kind of like, oh, those tattooed people without their dogs on their leash. Like you didn't have the dogs on the leashes. Everyone else at the dog park did. I thought that they were looking at you like you're outsiders. Hence why I never felt like I fit in here growing up or now because I've... 
essentially with or without the tattoos always been just a tattooed body in this place like I everyone looks at me like oh what she's the I'm just the riffraff I'm the riffraff here but I like it like that I wouldn't want to fit in here I know well that's what I was saying earlier about coming up here I like that everything is so perfect and like I you'd think I'd hate that because I hate the pressures of society and I hate feeling like I have to look a certain way up here it's so insurmountably impossible to be perfect like to reach this level of perfection that I feel comfortable just kind of giving up I liked how you equated it to Truman Show it's so Truman Show yeah and yeah you don't you equate it to giving up no I equate it to like feeling being up here I just get to I don't know it's just I feel like an outsider and I feel but I don't feel like anyone's paying attention to me I also feel like hidden and it just and it also reminds me of my childhood and I'm constantly trying to find that again but I do feel this town has so many secrets I mean these people are walking around like I mean, who goes to a park and looks like they have issues? No one's like out bike riding and like is just carrying their depression with them on display. But everyone here, you can tell, doesn't talk about their feelings. So we were sitting on the porch earlier and these people were walking by. And I said something like, isn't it weird that every human is like grappling with something like everyone who walks by is dealing with something so then we started trying to guess the neuroses or the like mental illness or secrets everyone had yeah we were just trying as people it's a really fun game to play when you just people watch guess what their most awful dark secret is that they struggle with and can't sleep at night because of it and it makes you feel better and we were just you know diagnosing all these people as they walked by like oh she doesn't talk to her son anymore not because he won't talk to her but because he's dead he died and um she's still struggling like just really dark shit he he was into drugs she didn't get him help because she was in denial i mean i was a lot of i was projecting a lot onto these people but then there was this one woman that walked by and we both agreed like Nope, she's actually perfect. She's like dealing with her shit, but like she uh, she doesn't have any issues. And I don't know what it was about her, but you said that and I was like, you're right. She's perfect. And here's the thing. Like, okay, sure. Maybe we were projecting, but also it's, we were actually bringing a little humanity to this place that like no one is infallible. All these people look perfect, wear their pastels, vineyard vines, go play croquet we're sitting now at a croquet court like, i mean i cannot believe we have perched ourselves we stopped walking by the way i'm sorry if the audio was really wonky at the beginning but we've just sat down on our walk just randomly just the closest public seating and i'm not joking you there is a croquet field right in front of us I- i've i mean this is the most bougie thing i've uh, you if you were making a scene in a show you'd be like really you're gonna place them having a conversation next to a croquet we get it we get where they are but this is truly where we are um and there's nowhere i'd rather be i mean it's interesting to be up here which i want to dissect i'm i went from living with my parents i like had an existential crisis last night because i was like why did i come up to invade a family who is doing just fine as a unit and I have to be like this fifth wheel of a person, which I, I don't feel anything but accepted in your family and I always have. But what compelled me to get away from my parents and go live with your parents? And what did it is because I love you and I, I just know how nurturing spending time with you has been to me and to my soul. And like, I just need more of it. And I just am trying to force myself to do things. It's easy for me to not come up here. It's harder to like go stay with the family and be in their space. I'm like trying to do things that are going to actually be fulfilling on the other side because when I tend to want to not do something, 
or like there's some part of me that's scared, just fucking do it. But then I got up here and I'm like, why did I do this? Like they had to come get me at the airport. I'm making it weird for all of them. Um, I just left a situation where my, my it's two parents and now I'm living with the other two parents in my childhood that literally were as close to the authority figures as my mom and dad could get. Well, okay. your mom and dad. I have a lot. Of- your dad was our principal. I'm living. I'm in the same house. And Holla, that's your dad. So I don't even know what this means to you. But I'm staying with your parents and your dad was my principal. Sixth, seventh, eighth, tenth, eleventh and twelfth grade. That's not right. That's not true. But he was 6th, 7th, 8th, 11th, 12th. 6th, 7th, 8th, 12th. But regardless, he was your principal. But also, don't... Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I also feel like he was more my dad to you than our principal. No. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) Okay. But I don't... Okay, but here... Okay, no one cares about that. Here's the thing I want to talk about is you thanked my mom and I so many times for coming to get you at the airport. First of all, it was like not a far drive. We don't care. Everyone... Actually, not even about the airport. Who cares? But I couldn't believe how many times you thanked us. Of course, we're going to come get you. It wasn't a big deal. We were happy to do it. And stop. Don't. You're not allowed to talk right now. You. Like, everyone's so glad you're here. You Like, my mom is thrilled because she knows how much you love this place. And she loves people who love it here. And while, yes, it's, it's waspy and it is what it is. It's beautiful. It's this beautiful lake. And, like, the weather is great. And... Um, my mom is just so happy to share that with anyone who appreciates it. I'm happy to have you here for like the entertainment factor and the friendship and just dissecting every little thing. I'm excited you get to spend time with me and John and my dad loves you and is also really good about going about his own thing. You know? Yeah. It couldn't be an easier family. Yeah. So, so you, but I think the reason that you came up here, you already hit it is this was you kind of grew up here and you've been talking on the pod about how you're like stuck in your teen years not stuck in your teen years but you're going back to that a lot and so I think maybe part of it is cathartic and I mentioned to you yesterday I hope this is okay to say but like the last time you were here was pre-eating disorder and so I yeah that's true I have no eating there's nothing about being here that reminds me of having issues with food except like everything about being up here all the food things that I remember if you have an eating disorder and you're listening you know your life before and after or maybe you don't maybe you always had a food problem because some people are just like honestly born with it but I didn't have issues with food until I was 18 and before that there was like I don't know if you have anything in your life I think everyone has something before and after like your whole mindset was changed and yes oh yeah before now it's COVID I mean, it it is going to be that for a lot of people. But yeah, it's just, or September 11th, I said it on the podcast yesterday, like big events like that. Like, but I definitely, you're so right. I do hold on to that. Like, I remember just being obsessed with this cake your grandma used to make. And now this sounds like I was like, had a food obsession, which I probably did. But do you remember that fucking pineapple cake? Yeah, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Yeah, it's, we call it Bernays cake or something. We called it Panay's cake because Panay's, which if you try to look it up, don't, because it's not a thing. This was named after, there was a woman named Panay who might, anyway. Okay, yeah, so, but I just remember being obsessed with cake, and the last time I was, like, craving cake or let myself even enjoy a piece of cake, I can't even fucking remember. Um, so that is a nice feeling to hold on to. But is it, um, and this is your husband's first time with your family living under one roof, and it was funny because today we just, like, peeled off with because I went to Hala and I have been friends since fifth grade and her husband John we went to school with he dated our friend Taylor in high school that's how we knew him and uh, he was just shy and quiet and like hot and like everyone liked him but he was just like quiet and 
just did his own thing. Like he wore a skirt our senior year, which was so sexy. And like, so, I'm sorry, call your husband sexy. It doesn't feel like I'm calling him now sexy, but <laughs> it was him in high school. He was mysterious and wore a skirt. And we were like, in, all of us girls were into it. And all the guys were like, you wore a skirt, but it was so cool. And that's who you ended up marrying. But we peeled off today to like talk shit, not talk shit, but like process what's going on around us and it was like so fun to like go go and walk and talk about your parents that's why being an only kid would be hell and not just your parents we talked about my parents too i mean we just talked about parents yeah i mean i can't yeah they just don't understand they don't understand they're not like us i'm excited to play that magazine game where you pick up a magazine that they have laying around the house they're like time magazines from 1993 that's an issue i pulled out of the, the thing last night guys a Time Magazine 1993. I'm flipping through it to think of some trivia to ask the group about. I just landed. I just got there. And I'm flipping through. And I'm like, what's some 1993 fucking news headline that I can create some question around? Okay, it was the flood of 93 was on the cover. Do you remember that? I sure do. It was in St. Louis. And like, we were all affected. It was like the biggest thing ever. And it was maybe just like a blip on your memory of history. But it was a huge flood in, in St. Louis. So that was the cover. But like, I knew they'd get that. Very 93. If you were in St. Louis, you remember. But then in the middle of the issue was a huge headline that said, born gay? <laughs> and it was just like a gay guy looking like, maybe I was born this way. And it was like, in the science part of Time Magazine, in 1993, it was like leading science news that maybe people are born gay and don't choose it. Could it be? Like, what? like that is so... No, that I mean, that was crazy. When you, like, Nikki found this thing, opened it up, and was like, you guys, you are not. And like my dad, was- you're not going to believe what we had to talk, what was news in 1993. But it's true. It was. I mean, I remember I remember David Cross having a great bit about it. in maybe on an album from 2000 where he was like, had to explain to people like, why would you choose to be like, if it's a if it's a harder life, not that it isn't a better life. I mean, I, but why would you choose something that? would make you feel different from everyone else that would make your dad stop talking to you all these things and like you know but people believe that and they st- and honestly they still do some people need that time magazine maybe everyone surround in these houses surrounding us i don't know i don't know yeah how many people are closeted in this community i don't know i also like i don't know maybe it's not fair for me to talk about everyone because i part of it too i don't know i was gonna say that these people could all be in therapy and all be like meditating and walking from like their reiki sessions and doing like they could be on lsd really like connecting with their souls we don't know but i also like i don't care to know that's the thing my mom keeps wanting us to like do stuff with other people but the bottom line is i don't i also just am here to like enjoy the scenery and where i am and like do stuff on the water i don't need to get to know any of these people you're not looking to make new friends i'm not is that rude do you think that's rude? no i don't think it's rude i think it's you know who you are but why see i am down to be social if there weren't like social distancing things in place, like I kind of like meet, meeting new people and talking to them because they might know like a single guy that, you know, like I need to like keep my options open, like and talk to your mom's old friends because they might have like rich old fucking children that are that have a house on the same block. And then I get to marry someone that lives on the same block and they come up here every summer. And like, I mean, I have a little bit of a fantasy all wound up in this. Okay, I see. I didn't know the re- you're, you were going to ask why I don't need to do this, why I don't need to meet people. You need to meet someone because you need a husband who summers in Michigan. I need to not meet anyone because, like... You have a husband. Well, yeah, but 
even if I didn't, I mean, even when I was single and I would come up here, I wouldn't go out of my way because I feel like I'm going to leave this place and then they won't be in my life. So why make the effort? It's like single serving friends, like on um, Fight Club. Remember Tyler Durden talked about talked about single serving friends. Yeah, but you could make lifelong friends up here because these other these people come up here every summer. See, I think now because I don't know where I'm going to live, whether it's St. Louis or New York or L.A. in the next like couple years. Everyone's so um, willing to move because everyone's lives are lives are in flux that like I could meet someone up here and like do a long distance thing. Like I don't know where my life could take me, so I have to be open to all of those. In terms of friendships, like I mean, if there's some cool chicks that we could talk to and like I could like that would just I mean I don't know who we'd meet up here who we'd be down to like really we have each other. See, that's what I'm saying. I just again I never felt like I fit in up here, and so. I'm realizing the last podcast I was like I had no friends before you I came up here I had no friends up here like what is I just I guess maybe I'm shut off to other people that's not true you have so you've had so many friends but I think a lot of people listening will relate that they don't need a ton of friends and I am someone that used to need a ton of friends and now my social life has completely been taken from me and I feel guilty being okay with it I have to force myself to be social because I do know that all of my friends are married. I need to like get my own family. And that's the fucking sad part about being single is that all of your single friends get their own families. And then your family that you came from, they all get their own families. And so then you're just this like fucking Dupree that's couch surfing with all these families. I don't want to be, I thought of it last night. I am so glad you and John don't have kids because if there were kids in this situation who were like, I always think of my, and I know I shouldn't. I know you guys are going to write me and say, Nikki, don't worry what other people think about you. Who cares? And I know you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, But I just picture the way I felt about my dad's single friends who used to come visit and would like stay in Michigan with us when we go up for summers, like, and they were single. I didn't, Honestly, I didn't think less of them. I thought they were kind of cool and like, wow, they don't, they're doing their own thing. But I actually didn't feel less of them. I actually were like, oh, what? One is like a jazz musician. He has a cool life. They all seemed like happier. Okay. I'm starting to see this differently. I think I have, I'm I'm the cool single lady that comes and and crashes and like is free. Well, also, yeah. But, and I get to like get texts from guys in like, as soon as I got here last night, I get a text from just one of these randos that texts me once a you know every couple weeks just being like how are you but it's always at 2 a.m so I had a guy trying to like sext with me last night at 11 o'clock when your whole family was asleep in this house and I was like there's no way first of all I'm so glad to be in a house full of people within walls because now I have an excuse not to be intimate with you but I just I don't know that I can have phone sex or FaceTime sex with someone before I have actual that sex with them again because <clears throat> I did in the past I used to in my 20s like I was I would get wasted and like come home and like FaceTime with people or Skype and like or Gchat sex with people guys maybe I'm just not as horny but like ugh, I just there's no desire anytime a guy wants to like do that with me I just kind of shut it down but then there was a time I did it maybe two years ago and the guy completely was on Ambien and forgot everything we did. And then he, the next day when I was like referenced us having phone sex, he didn't remember literally any of it. And he promised me all these things of like, we're going to go on a trip together and it was awful. And so maybe I'm, maybe I'm scarred. Can we process the man walking by? I mean, we are doing a radio interview and I think they all think that like the news has come to town to report on them. Like This American Life is doing a report about the, how many secrets they're harboring. Well, there is a man walking by. Do you, do you see him? 
No, I was little puppy. That dog weighs like two pounds. This man is gigantic. Anyway, whatever. It's just a big man and a small dog. I mean, what is there to talk about? I guess I just never. I don't see that in Colorado. We didn't see have that in Colorado. <laughs> you were, you're like, sorry, Hala. He was born that way. Don't didn't you read Time magazine in 1993? Uh, a plane is overhead. Yeah. So, um, yeah. The the guy uh, texting me last night, late at night, was thrilling, but. Um, just I don't know it's I don't I don't like when guys get sexual too fast and then they like they I just feel like they change afterwards and also I don't want to be like it's it's weird being sexual on FaceTime it's too it's almost more intimate than just in person because in person you can kind of like look at their body and like look away and like bury your head in their shoulder you know like there's things on FaceTime you're just like staring at each other it's too much you need it to be like um the nest like his nest cam so that he can like stand back from it you know what i mean like he uh, so the, like the ones used for baby sleeping yes yeah, so you don't have to just be staring at his face you know like i think i just need someone in person well i mean okay yeah definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just don't think there's any ideal way but it's just funny to me that that used to be appealing like i used to like that stuff and it um clearly some people are still enjoying it but i mean you used to have like did you used to send like nudes and stuff like that? No. Ever you never sent like you were never having phone sex or like had any kind of like FaceTime? No. I no. It was like people- It was always in person. Yes. Or on a drum kit. Yeah, or that. Holla had sex on a drum kit once. And we'll leave it there because she'll be back later this week. That's all the podcasts you get. I will update you on what took place in... Well, I'm not going to really tell you, but I'll, I'll keep talking about um, all my thoughts around sexting. And you can send me yours as well. Uh, thank you so much for sending all your pictures of your hair. I continue to enjoy it. I am going to be podcasting from uh, Michigan all week long. Let me know if you want me to talk about anything specific. Uh, and we'll see you tomorrow. Squirt, squirt. Croquet. Oh, how dare you. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.